going on, Fantasy Fam? Kyle coming at you with my great cousin Anthony. Uh, we have a great show on hand for you guys. It's going to cover some of the news, major news coming out of uh, minicamp, coming out of uh, the, uh, what's what's it called? OTAs. Pre- no, OTAs. Okay, OTAs. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Got stuck. Uh, coming out of the OTAs, I mean, every, this is this is what happens. Unfortunately, this is the best and worst time of year. We're super excited for the season to start. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we see injuries. It happens all the time. The, the Jordy Nelson one two, two or three years ago, the Kelvin Benjamin one. We just, unfortunately, some of the best best players in fantasy go down, and this yes, is what happens. And, and this is the worst time for it. They haven't been on a football field that much, and all it takes is one wrong turn, and they're done. Um, so we're going to get into some news first. Um, Isn't the, the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night? Oh God, is it? I think I oh my heard God, on it ESPN is. down here that the Cowboys are playing the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night. That is real it's early. Cardinal, no, it's Cardinals, right? I don't know, honestly. I think it's I think it's Cardinals Cowboys, and yeah, I think I think it is early. Usually, it's like a Sunday right before. I thought, or maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but crazy. Um, it is crazy because that will be it will be now the last time. This is the last day before there will be any football on television in a week. Wow. How crazy is that? Until what? Until after the Super Bowl in February. That is correct. So, yeah, so I'm very excited for that to happen. So some news, and the biggest one definitely has to be the Jordan Reed situation. Unfortunately, there's some news that he's having situations with his feet, uh, especially his toe. We, we're not the, sort of the specifications of it yet. It all has the likelihood of turf toe. That, yeah, that's not my favorite thing, that's right? That's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not super excited to hear about that, especially because I have him ranked somewhere in my top five at all times. Um, and tight end. Yeah, I have him at, I had him at four, and now I moved him down to five, which I thought was pretty pretty okay. Um, but given the fact that he, a guy who, I don't want to say is injury prone, but he's seen some injuries over the past few years in the league, I'm, I'm skeptical at this point. I don't want to, but I, I have agree. to be. So I, I, don't, I, want, I think it's something that listeners and fantasy people alike need to keep an eye on. It is something that is very important because you are investing – Probably in most regular leagues, a standard leaguer investing a fourth round, fifth round pick in him. Uh, maybe even earlier in some leagues. I know in my leagues, my FBC leagues, you're looking at a you know second round pick for him. So he's got potential. That, he's got potential yeah, he, to be a top two easily. Could be he is. the best tight end. He could be. He could put to put up ten plus touchdowns. He could put up a thousand plus yards. The problem is, is his health, and that's what they need to worry about more. Is that keeping him out right now? Let him focus on getting healthy, and then when he's back, they don't. He doesn't need to adapt to an offense. It's this. It's a very similar offense, and he's going to do just fine if he's healthy. Uh, another piece of news: Todd Gurley, another name that unfortunately I have to throw out there because he sometimes makes me feel sick. Sometimes he makes me feel like he could have a great year, but. Sean McVay has come out and said that he wants to involve Gurley more in the passing game. Does that surprise you and or does that influence you at all at drafting him? I will say I'm looking at his stats and he did a 43 catches last year. Yeah, that's more than when I when I started doing some research on him more in depth. I saw that the 43 and I I was kind of surprised because they want to involve him more in the passing game. But that's 43 receptions is pretty is a pretty good amount. So if they mean they want to involve him more, could we be seeing I'm saying almost so, 50, 50 catches? I would say over 50. If they want to involve him, if they're actually expressing it, he's going to be out there for three downs. And he definitely has the potential of a three-down running back. 43 catches last year. He could definitely yeah. He could definitely surpass 60. Well, granted, they brought in Lance Dunbar, but once again, in Lance Dunbar fashion, he is injured. Of course he um, is. Yeah, he's a very, very, very good very pass good catching running back. Very good. Um, but he, he is injured quite a bit. 
Uh, they do have Malcolm Brown too, another you know Hookem Texas. Um, he he does have the potential to be a decent third down back catching the ball, but if Gurley shows the you know the ability to catch it in space or in the backfield or wherever, I mean he, you know they they've been thrown to him over linebackers. He has the ability to catch fifty plus passes. I think he he comes even more fancy relevant. I'm I'm waiting for that to happen because I I'm not sure if I'm on the Todd Gurley bandwagon at the moment, but this warms me up a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. He's he's currently my tenth running back. I definitely think that brings him top ten. I think I have him in the top ten too. Let me see. I have maybe Todd Gurley at ten. Maybe I top have him at seven. 10. Yeah, so yeah, ten. I, there you go. I have Todd Gurley at ten, and that might put him in the top. I mean, that might move him one spot ahead, but I'm not sure it's going to jump the needle just yet um, because I still have some pretty great running backs in front of him. Yeah. So I have him right, getting well, 49 catches this year. <laughs> I have him down for 40. I have him only down for 44. So I really have him staying in that same landmark, but that mark of 43. But if if that keeps resurfacing, that they want to include him more in the passing game, that might jump up to 50, which it up. in turn could move him up the boards. Um, our last piece of news for this segment will be uh, focusing on Amir Abdullah, another young stud running back that we're not really sure what he can do or how capable he is of being a number one running back, but we know that the potential is there, especially in Detroit seeing that there really isn't anyone else. Uh, Theo Riddick is a pass-catching back, and Amir Abdullah has shown, especially in college, that he has the ability to elude defenders, he has good speed, and he can catch the ball. But it's just how big is his workload going to be with that backfield? Zach Zenner there getting goal line work, maybe Theo Riddick getting a lot of the receptions. Where do you see that happening? I think they definitely want to use him. He's actually one of my guys that we're going to further discuss in this um, in this episode. Feature back. They're saying he's going to be the feature back. I, I believe in Amir Abdullah. I I do too. I'm I like Amir Abdullah. I he's, want to like Amir Abdullah. He started off pretty hot. I mean, last year, 18 carries, 101 yards. That's an average of 5.6 yards per carry on one of the worst rushing offenses. Yeah, they had a pretty terrible rushing offense. Theo Riddick. He had a lot. He had a lot of catches. Right. The so problem if, with Riddick is that he if if. Abdullah is going to be a, a stalwart in that in that offense, and he is a good pass catching back. Where is his reception total going to be around? Because if Reddick's going to if Reddick's going to get you know seventy five plus receptions, do we really think Abdullah can also get forty five receptions? I think it's possible, but I don't want to rank him too high based on reception total that might not exist. Yeah, I agree. So five catches I, five catches in two games last right. year, twenty five right. in the sixteen games he played two years ago. Right. He has the ability to catch a lot of balls. He's a very good running back. The problem is for him, once again, another player I don't want to label as injury prone, but he has to stay on the field. And if he does, I think he really will be a big part in that offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Detroit could use him. Detroit has a good offense, but last year they couldn't really establish the run. So it was a pass-first offense at all times. And I'll touch Which, on some further notes right. about him later on in this episode. I hope you do. I really <laughs> hope you do. I mean, it's part of it's part of our question. I know. I'm really excited for football this weekend. And you have I no answer. idea. I'm pretty excited. Oh, my God. I don't even care if, if it's somebody at every position that I've never heard of. I am super excited. I'll be down the shore, you know, going to the beach and watching. Is it all weekend? Oh, no. Is it this weekend? Oh, never mind. It's just Thursday. No, I think it's just the Hall of Fame. Yeah, game, then, right? it starts, then it starts. Then next, next week starts. starts oh, never mind. Week, I'm not excited anymore. All right. Never mind. Baseball. But, Gotta be excited. No, I'm, I'm good. Mets are out, so we're good. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably be Yankees. Highs. Yankees are still in. Yeah. They are. All right, let's jump into a question here. Uh, question of the day. I want you to give me a running back and a wide receiver 
who are currently outside of your top 20 who you think could finish as a running back one or running back or wide receiver one. That means they're going to be a top 12 at each position. Ooh, a top 12. I'm still going to stick with it. Amir Abdullah to continue on him. The Amir Abdullah show. No, he's not going to have as many catches as Theo Riddick. He can easily have a 1,000-yard season if they want him to be the feature back. Some drives, they, they're going to want to rush the ball at least 10 times. I, I, I would say just to – I mean, Matthew Stafford, how, many, how much more could his arm take each year? Well, yeah, and they're giving a new con- – they're giving Stafford a new contract. Um, I just – I don't see a world where Amir Abdullah is not the feature back, where he's not going to be an integral part of that offense every game. They have to establish the run. It's, yeah, absolutely. And I think they will. Hands but. down. Hands down. And he definitely has the capability. He's a small He's a small dude. He's only 5'9", 203. Yeah, he's a tiny guy, but he's elusive. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He is great in space. I mean, that's the thing. He is a very, very good running back. But it's a small sample size. He's he's, right. he's my running back. All right, that's a good choice. I, I like I like the uh, Abdullah pick. I, I'll give you my running back first before you give me your wide receiver. Uh, my pick was Mike Gillisley. I'm a huge fan of Mike Gillisley this year to a point. Uh, I, was, I, love I was thinking about him. The Patriots use a ton of running backs, so it's hard to guesstimate what kind of way they will use them. I know James White is always going to be integral in their offense. James James White is always going to be you know, catching pa- passes out of the backfield, 50, 60-plus receptions. Deion Lewis, if he makes the team, will be as well. Rex Burkhead, we don't know what he's going to do, but I just see Gillisley taking on that LeGarrette Blunt role. I mean, he's he's a pretty big boy. He's you know he's not tall. He's six foot, but he's two hundred twenty pounds. He's one of those bulls, but he's also a really really good running back. I mean, last year he put up five point seven yards per carry. You know what he did the year before that in an even smaller sample size though is he put up five point seven yards per carry. He is very good, and he has a nose for the end zone. He he had eight touchdowns last year that he took away from McCoy. Sadly, that I had I had McCoy. But, so sad. But he now has the chance to be on a, a part of the Patriots offense where they love throwing the ball and Brady will throw it down to whoever it is, Edelman, Cooks, Gronk. They'll get down to the five, four yard line and then they'll run it in. That's why Blunt had so many touchdowns last where, year. Where do you have Gillisley on your rankings? I have Gillisley currently ranked at, uh, he's my number 26 running back, 25 running back, which he, he's slowly moving up. He started out lower because I don't know what he what he will be in that offense fully, but now I'm starting to put it all together. I'm really starting to think that Gillisley is going to be that LeGarrette Blunt role who can catch passes and is going to score 12-plus touchdowns possibly. I have him at 12 touchdowns. Yeah, I currently have him at 11, and that's going to probably go up. Mm-hmm. For Agreed. me, he's mine. A late fourth pick. I mean, he's going right now in the late, uh, the latter part of the fourth round. If I can get him at 412 or 501, that's, I, that's a great player to me because he can easily slide into that running back two role. And he has the capability to be a running back one. My wide receiver, love this guy, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, I knew you. I know you love him so love much. Love me some Jarvis. I Landry. know you do. So his touchdowns are always very low. Super low. Super low. Who knows what Tannehill likes to do down at the goal line? But he doesn't throw to Jarvis Landry at all. I only have him projected at five touchdowns. I think I'm going to raise that a little bit. But this is a guy who can easily get a hundred receptions every single year he hasn't reached a hundred yet i don't think he's reached the century mark yet i have him getting a hundred receptions as of now in my rankings i'm going to increase that i have a 101 actually Ooh. yeah i i really think that that PPR, offense is going to flourish easily, again he could definitely be a top 10 
in PPR. That's if the touchdowns, the touchdowns have to be more than five. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is he can't get over that threshold. He's not, I have him at five touchdowns. I have him at five. A hundred yeah. receptions over a, th- a little over a thousand yards. Those numbers are going to go up. I do. I agree. I hope, I hope, I really hope that he throws more touchdowns. What, to what, do you, what, what's your ceiling for him in terms of touchdowns? What's the highest he can go? Seven. I'm going to be very generous. I'm going to say eight. That's a lot. I know. Tannehill will have to throw 30 touchdowns probably at that Devante point, which Parker's is possible. also going to be healthy, and I think he's going to eat up a lot of the touchdowns, and I think they're going to want to give it to Ajayi. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think Jay Ajayi is going to have a lot of uh, going to have a lot of passes thrown to him this way, uh, mm-hmm. passes thrown to him this year because last year he didn't, and he is a good uh, receiving back. So I think that he. There might be some taken away going to Ajay, but I like Landry. I just don't love him as much as you do. Okay, so my potential <laughs> is through the roof even more for my receiver, and it makes me scared and sad to say his name because I, I, I loved him in college, and I still do like him as a player. I think he has just as much potential as an A.J. Green does, but it's all based on health, and my pick is Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. <laughs> It's it's Sammy Watkins. I really think he has the potential to finish as a top 12 receiver. He can't stay on the field. He's never healthy. But if he finally decides to keep it all together and, you know, maybe play 15 games this year instead of eight last year, he's going to be in great shape. I mean, he missed eight games last year. He missed three games the year before. But in his in his rookie year, he played all 16 games. And he was averaging 15.1 yards per reception and then 17.5 and then 15.4. You're looking at a guy who is a huge run after the catch guy. And, yeah, his his touchdowns are never going to be way through the roof, but he has potential for eight-plus touchdowns, even with Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback. Um, I, I just I see the potential as maybe 75 receptions, maybe the most, because Tyrod doesn't throw it as much. They like to run the ball in Buffalo. But 75 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and he could see eight or nine touchdowns. And I think if he plays 15 games, at least 15 games, if he gets the whole 16, then we're going to throw a party for him. But... Mm-hmm. If he gets to 15 games, I really think he could finish as a top 12 receiver. If, you know, especially in a in a in a standard, because especially I think those touchdowns are going to go up. But for receptions, he's not a big reception guy, but he could see 70 plus receptions. And in a PPR league, I really think he could finish top 15. I think he can get 80 receptions. I currently have him 24. I have him currently at only because I'm actually factoring in. I have him 23. Injury a little bit. Yeah, you, know, you have his to. Injury proneness. You kind of have to. I mean, there's no other way to do it. There's certain it's, players you have to just focus their, yeah. on their injury. True. So, I, yeah, I have the 23, and I, I like him very much. I mean, as a Jets fan, I don't like people within my division very much. Mm. But I do like him as a fantasy player. I really do. And he has that potential to burst out for, even if it's three or four receptions, 95 yards, and a touchdown. That could get you the win some weeks because right there, that's, you know, 18, 19 points. I'm hoping he falls to me. Yeah, weeks. I mean, right now he's going in the late third. And if I if I'm gonna take him in that late third, early fourth, I want to have a true number one wide receiver. Correct. I want to make sure Correct. that I could get somebody like a like a like a Des Bryant or a Mike Evans or a Doug Baldwin, and you know, and maybe that late first, early second area, and then sew it up with you know a potential like Sammy Watkins is my number two. Agreed. I'm glad you agree because most people would disagree with that. <laughs> I'm not sure many people would be on the Sammy Watkins bandwagon, but but his I totally agree with you on his potential. It's when his rookie year he had over a thousand yards, I believe. Yeah, he plays he did. fifteen. And he plays at least fifteen. He, he finishes top twelve. But also, 
they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Buffalo decided not to pick up his fifth year option. So he is playing for not his career, but he's playing to showcase his talents and show other teams, whether it's Buffalo or another team, why they should have kept him on for another year or why they should sign him. You know what I mean? That is correct. So I really think he's it's not he's not in a contract year, but he he's playing towards it. Somewhat, yeah. All right. Now to the to the granddaddy of our episode, to we're doing something that I've never seen done before. Um, we're doing something that a lot of people don't really talk about. They kind of review the year, but they don't go in depth. So we're calling it our zeitgeist. We are calling it our 2016 year in review, our zeitgeist. And I got the idea basically from the from those YouTube videos that they put every year, where they show all the major things that have happened in the world during that year. You know, we're saying goodbye to this year, and we're welcoming in a new year. And they show you all the. They show you all the new thing, the old, the things you missed during the year, all the major topics and stories, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the entire NFL season, what happened, who were the most important people during it, and it'll kind of give you a flair and an idea of what to expect for 2017 season. You ready? Both, both sad and happy news for that zeitgeist. So just like yeah. the year in review, yeah. is that that's crazy. I've never yeah. even heard of that. You've never heard of the zeitgeist? No. Oh my god, it's awesome! Actually, I go. I always watch it like right before the new year, like Jan- like probably like December, like 29th, December 30th. I watch the Zeitgeist, and it talks about all the major stories. They make you cry. I'm literally, I ball my eyes out. You you cry at some of those things that happen, like the wow. like the awesome storylines. They always include really like sappy music to make the tears start flowing. Of course, of course. I mean, it's it's great, but they 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 focus on what you missed and what was important about the year, and that's what I think that we should do. You know, it's it's not as important as our rankings and as divisions and busts and steals and all that stuff. But it's really important to take a look at what happened so you can learn from it. You know, that's what we're going to focus on in this episode is, yep. is last year's season, how important it was. All right. Um, you want to go through some of the, the, the awards that were given out last year? All right. So our, just to recap, the NFL MVP was Matt Ryan had an incredible year. He was a, he was a great value pick. Last year, yeah, he, yeah, he unbelievable was value, pick. incredible, incredible value pick. Um, he was also the offensive player of the year. Yeah, he really had a great year. I'm not going to take that away from him. He went in like the 12th, the 13th round in my, my most of my drafts, and sometimes he was free. And he went on to have what, probably the best year of his career. Incredible, actually, year. definitely the best year of his career. Oh yeah, hands down. <laughs> exactly how he should be playing. Hopefully, because of Julio Jones, who I also love. <laughs> <laughs> Julio Jones makes a few makes a few uh, uh, appearances appearances in this. On this, that's right. Zeke, offensive rookie of the year, and he also split it with Dak. So I guess it was a Dak Zeke rookie of the year. Kind oh of. yeah, and they both had just fantastic they years, and that's the whole reason they were thirteen and three. Incredible. Um, yeah. Comeback player of the year, Jordy Nelson, who had another incredible year. Incredible after his awful awful injury two years yeah. ago. And then he just showed why he's one of the best. Yeah, he finished as the Dominated. number one receiver. Given given the format, what you know, he was either one or two if it was standard or PPR, but he was basically the number one receiver last year. Yeah, he was. Love him. Sadly, because yeah. I'm I'm not a I'm not a Patriots fan. I know you're not a Patriots fan. No, I'm not. I'm not a Patriots fan. It's kind of rough. It's kind of rough to watch actually, like the, watch them win Super Bowls because it's. I'm a, I'm afraid they're never gonna lose. I'm not even joking. Honestly, like, I'm afraid I, that they're never going to stop winning Super Bowls. I don't think I. I think last year's Super Bowl was had to have been hands down one of the best, if not the best, Super Bowl I've ever seen. It was probably like 
It was probably the best in Super my Bowl lifetime? of my lifetime. Yeah, it yes. was definitely the best Super Bowl of my lifetime. Yes. It, it was depressing because they gave up such a gigantic lead, but it really was a f- really good game. I'm not going to take that away from them. I wish I could because I hate them so much, but I really won't take that away from them. They deserve to win that game. Tom Brady will win another one, in my opinion. Two. Two. I, I hate to say that, but he's he's going to win at least one one more. You think I'll two? take I'll take two. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I I would not put it up, uh, against them to to win another one or two, even more. Basically. All right. Um, so so some of the biggest storylines. To continue, to continue on start... that. The Tom oh, Brady, yeah. the Deflate yep. Gate. We'll start with that. That's a big story. Yeah. Well, Suspension, during that. Yeah, during who... that though, they still went three and one. Exactly. They still went three and one. Anybody that drafted Tom Brady late, I picked him in one league last year, one that my brother and I co-manage, and wow, did it pay off. We also had Phillip Rivers, who actually wasn't awful. Brady, especially people who wanted Brady, and they got him in those later, not later rounds, but mid to later rounds, and then they decided, hey, I'm going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, or I'm going to get you know a, a quarterback who's going to perform well in those first three or four games, and then... We're going to start Brady. They panned out really well. Brady had an unbelievable year. And if it wasn't for Deflategate, he would have won the MVP over Matt Ryan. So what about... Okay, so I, I, I know you would love to talk about this. The I have down goes Romo. Down and in comes... The Mr. Pre- Mr. Mr. Prescott. When you say it like that, he sounds super like fancy. Mr. Prescott. Incredible. Incredible year for yeah. a rookie. It was... It was, it was really fun was, to watch, actually. It was unreal. It was great to be a Cowboys fan, especially living in Texas. You could just feel the the energy down here. Yeah, the passion. <laughs> just coming through your veins. The real fans are, like, coming out now. Like, I mean, it, not the, oh, real, the real fans, fans. I guess. The fit, like the, you know who you're, you're, if you're a real fan, I guess, the, uh, the fake fans. There you go. I'm both for the Jets, uh, so don't worry. I'm both for the Jets. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, so it's fine. Um, Teddy B going down with a horrific injury. Bridgewater went down right before the season started. I mean, it was just absolutely brutal to watch. And I think to he was see. having a very good preseason too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was. He was so actually he goes, primed to play very well. Yeah. Or have a good season. Yeah, he he was down and now in steps Sam Bradford. And I'm not sure Teddy B will ever take over his role again. Uh, Unfortunately. Head, uh, as the head of the uh, Minnesota Vikings. But I'm happy for, you know... Bradford, but I think Bridgewater will find a, a role somewhere down the line. Hey, with another, whether it's with them, whether it's with the Vikings or another team. Blake Bortles does not play well this year. Maybe yeah. the Jaguars look at Teddy B. Yeah, the player they probably should have drafted. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Another stat that I thought was fun that was one of the storylines I like to focus on, especially because they made the playoffs, was Detroit had has the four, most fourth quarter comebacks in NFL history. They had eight. Eight. eight fourth quarter comebacks that's and incredible. then you wonder and they went they won what 11 games i think that's it's cool but at the same time it's also shows that this year that the lions could also be terrible if they lose all of those games so say they lost all those fourth quarter games like they were probably supposed to where do we see you know they could have been five and eleven instead right even yeah. less but i thought that was just a cool stat i thought it was a really cool stat eight the most all time in a season i bet you that's a lot of fantasy points in that fourth quarter yeah. From Stafford. Yeah. Matt Stafford, Golden Tate, Theo Riddick, Eric, yeah, Eric Ebron kind of. But um, And then the last one that I think is really important to fantasy listeners and fantasy you know people who play fantasy is the running back position over the past few years has gotten such flack. 
people have focused, you know, I'm going to go wide receivers. I, running backs are so, you know, sparse. You know, it's I either got to get one early or I'm just it's not going to it's not worth it. Well, last year, seven running backs had 10 or more rushing touchdowns and 12 running backs had a thousand yards rushing or more. That's crazy. I mean, that's really good. A few years ago, only I think only five running backs had a thousand plus rushing yards last year. Twelve. I mean, that's got to be that's big. I might be the only one who thinks that because I love running backs. I love drafting a running back in the first round. It's my favorite thing to do. Right now, I have only 12 running backs getting over 1,000 in my rankings. I have 1, 2, 3, <laughs> 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I have 13. Some, a fringe 14. So I have 13 wow. or 14. I think I had, I think that it's moved, especially with the likes of David Johnson, Lev Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Devonta Freeman. Like You have really, really good running backs for these teams. And it's not like, you know, some guys get in, you know, there might be a guy in there that you don't expect to get a thousand yards, which happens basically every year. But for the most part, I mean, you have some really damn good running backs in the league now. So I don't, even though it's moving towards a pass happy league, I really think that running back has, you know, has staked its importance in fantasy. Easily. Yeah. Easily. So many of these teams have two, like you said, Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman. I mean, you got Christian McCaffrey, Stewart could be a, they're sneaky yep. one. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray DeMarco and uh, Murray, Derek Henry. And Derek Henry. Sneaky. Yeah. So I mean there's a there's a lot of them. There really are. There's a lot of teams that have those have really good running backs as their number one and then a lot of depth. So I think that to watch it this year again will be a really big thing. Um all right. So some of the things we're gonna talk about now are some of the big fantasy finishers throughout the year. We're not gonna go through every single one of them. We're just gonna give you an idea of how some of the positions finished and how some of the players finished throughout the year. You're going to hear a lot of repetitive names because the same players put up this. You put up the best stats. Some people Whether, are awesome. Yeah, I mean, your David Johnsons, your your Antonio Browns, your you know Aaron Rodgers. You're going to hear their name a lot, but that's because they're good, and that's what we're trying to show you is that last year produced some very very good seasons for players. All right, so top fantasy quarterbacks last year. We had Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, and. Kirk Cousins finished as a top five quarterback last year. Kirk Cousins probably was drafted quite late last year. Later, for sure. I have him. Ooh, I have him right now, and I hate to admit it because I am a Cowboys fan. I have him currently at sixth, getting close to 5,000 yards. I have him one, two, three, four, five, six. I have him at seventh, but he, once again, will be moving up. Um, my only reason for that is because Jordan Reed injury and losing Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Um, it's it's going to be a lot different there now, but I really think that he still could put up the high fours. He could put up 4,800-plus yards. The touchdowns, uh, I'm a little shaky on. I don't think he's going to get to 30 touchdowns, personally. I have but, him at 30. Yeah, I have him at 28. I, I think he's going to get around the 27 to 29 range. But, yeah, Kirk Cousins last year was a big surprise. Not surprised. Very big. I really think he's a good quarterback. I'm not surprised. He started off slow. He started right. off very slow. And I, I even said it, too, I think, when he first came. I was like, look out for Kirk Cousins, Michigan State guy. You like pocket, that? You like that? Pocket passer. <laughs> he's he's good. It's scary. The NFC East is going to be scary. Scary yeah. for the next few years, at least. Well, that's if, he, if, if they don't get a contract done for him, then he's gone. I think I think he'll stay. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna invest for their a lot sake. Of money in. Yeah, for their sake, they better hope he does. They have to. Who the else do they have? I know. Right. Robert Griffin the third. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. So fa- top fantasy running backs last year for both standard and PPR, they did have the same five uh, in a different order. So we're just gonna focus on the the PPR different. ones. 
Uh, David Johnson, obviously, number one, because he's just incredible. Uh, Ezekiel, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. Then Lev Bell, which I find incredible. We'll get back to that. Lev Bell finished third. Uh, LaShawn McCoy was fourth, and DeMarco Murray was fifth, which I could have predicted all five of those for the most part. DeMarco Murray would have been the only one, but DeMarco Murray had a really great year uh, for the Tennessee Titans, but also behind a great offensive line. But the Lev Bell one is, to me, the most important one, right? He didn't because play Le- all the games. Lev Bell missed three freaking games. <laughs> he missed three games, so and that, he still that, finished as a top three running back. That alone right there. Well, David Johnson had 408 points in a PPR league. Yeah, he's good. Ezekiel Elliott, number two, 325 that yeah, gap, you take David Johnson with your number one pick this year. Well, that's 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 why I'm that's why talking about last year and this zeitgeist is so important because people are like, well, you know, Lev Bell at number one. Yeah, Lev Bell's a fantastic player, and I'd be happy with him Look at number how two. He finished at number two. Look I would be happy with him. Yeah, with the second pick, <laughs> David Johnson. David Johnson's trying to get a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards rushing, and will probably put up 15, 16 plus touchdowns again. I, so I say he gets twenty total touchdowns this year. He had 20 total touchdowns last year, I believe. So You're I mean, right, he did. Yeah. Actually, I have him at 24. I have him at 24 oh, next holy this year. God Almighty! I think that's he's. A lot. I think he's gonna. He's yeah, going he could to win MVP play this year. Inc- yes. Uh, he's that good of a player. He's he is a every down back. He can catch 80 plus passes. He can run the ball through the tackles. He can score touchdowns. I just he is a complete player for a team that uses him all the time. He's going over a thousand for each. I I, I really hope he does. I would love that. That would be very enjoyable. To that watch. would be great for fantasy. It really would. It'd be fantastic for fantasy if you have him. Um, so but. just to just to uh, just to show you why you should take David Johnson as your number one pick, if you look at a fantasy wide receiver PPR, Antonio Brown number one three oh seven, that's a hundred more points than the top wide receiver. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. David Johnson number one. Well, okay. So there's only two other players that have ever had. Um, a thousand rushing yards and a thousand receiving yards. Ooh, then, ooh, let me let me try and guess. All right. Are they in my lifetime? Um, one of them is. Ladanian Tomlinson. Actually, two of them. No, one of them is. Uh, no, Ladanian Tomlinson is not one of them. He must. He had to have been. You'll close. never get one of them, honestly, because I wouldn't have gotten them. Okay. Uh, the first, the first one was 1985 by Roger Craig on the 49ers. Sorry. Yeah. I was yeah. I, I wasn't even born yet. A thousand rushing, a thousand fifty rushing, and a thousand sixteen receiving, and the next was done by Marshall Falk for the Rams. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. What a, he had a great year, 1381 Incredible. on the ground and 1048 through the air. So it's possible. I mean, wow. it really is. But he was, on, he was on Life in Pieces. Yeah, oh my God. That, <laughs> I told, did I tell you that show was hilarious? It's hysterical. It's If anybody, any of our listeners, please, if you're looking for a new His, show, hysterical, hysterical watch show. Life in Pieces. Life in Pieces is probably one of the funniest shows, besides Modern Family, it's probably one of the funniest shows you'll ever watch. It's very quick-witted. It's, it's very witty. dry humor. It's witty. Witty. It's, witty is the best word to describe it. So please, please enjoy it. Um, all right. Back to back to our um, zeitgeist. So wide receivers, I'll continue on that. Sure. Um, Antonio Brown, Jordy Nelson, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., and T.Y. Hilton. Those are the top five wide receiver PPR from last year. I think they were also the top four... Oh, not in that order. Are you surprised? Are you surprised by that? I mean, based on they, where, the, where right. they got drafted, the five of them were also for both standard and PPR. They were, all five of them were in the top five in a different order, but yes, they were all in the top five. Same exact, just like like running back, running backs. So that shows that you know <laughs> the consistency is pretty much there. I mean, Mike Evans had a great year. 
I won't t- put that against him. I think he's going to go down a little bit this year, and I'm pretty—I'm not low on him, but I'm definitely lower than most on him. But Jordy Nelson, man, what a year! I loved it. These five guys I have in my top, my top ten. Yeah, I think I have them all in my top ten as well. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, they're all. Every single one of them is in my top ten. It's amazing, and, and the same with yeah. running backs too for me. Yeah, all of those are in my top ten as well. But those are no surprises, honestly. The T.Y. Hilton one, I think, is is not a surprise, but at the same time, his is so much based on on receptions and yards. But if he ever gets those touchdowns to follow with him, I mean, Luck throws, Luck can throw for forty plus touchdowns, forty five touchdowns, and they're not so, even to him. Right. So if if he ever gets in, integrated into that part of the offense, you could look at ten touchdowns. But you're, I, I don't, I don't think we're ever going to see that. But he has that potential. Top five. Yeah. He's he's a very he's a very sneaky, yeah. good. Solid wide receiver every single year. I agree. All right, so let's get you into see, tight ends you now. His, you see his names on the ra- you see his name on the rankings, and you're like, I know all the. I don't oh, know. I know, I know all the time, and you're like, well, do I really want him? He's not a sexy pick. He's not. He's not a sexy <laughs> pick, but he gets you yards and he gets you receptions, and I'll take that. I mean, the touchdowns I would love to see, but all right, so tight end. Um, this one once again, so pretty similar names. Actually, nope. They're all basically, once again, like running back and like wide receiver, the same five names are both for standard and PPR. Um, we'll focus on the PPR, but Travis Kelsey was number one, Kyle Rudolph was two, Greg Olson was three, Jimmy Walker was four, and Delaney Walker was five. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Who did I, I say? Jimmy yeah. Walker. So I said Jimmy Walker. <laughs> Somebody's Jimmy, drinking. Jimmy, I'm actually not. I probably should be, though. Uh, Jimmy Graham was number four, and Delaney Walker was five. Any surprises there for you? Very, very happy about the Jimmy Graham. I'm excited that Seattle decided to start using him. Yeah. This this year, he could have another awesome year. Uh, Yeah, I have him currently in my top five. I have him very – I have him high. I I think I'm at six. I have him at four. I have Hunter Henry getting a very big year, but we can discuss Mm. that later. I know, very touchdown dependent Antonio Gates. I know how you yes, feel about him. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think out of that list, the biggest one, I mean, Kelsey and Kelsey's always going to be a top fiver, in my opinion. Kyle Rudolph had a great year. I'm not going to hold anything against him. Kyle Rudolph had a fantastic awesome year. Awesome year. He had a ton of receptions. Him and Sam Bradford really went well together. But for me, it has to be Jimmy Graham as well. I mean, Jimmy Graham coming back from patella tendon uh, issue and a tear. I mean, people don't. Some people don't even like walk correctly after that. And this guy comes out here and actually has the best year he's had in Seattle. It was fun to watch. It really was. It was. Delaney right. Walker too. That's another sneaky guy. Eh, this year, especially with the additions of Eric Decker and Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor, I think Delaney Walker takes a big step back. But I still have him in my top ten. I think. I I do too. All right. So now we're going to focus instead of on the uh, the top performers for the year, we're going to focus on most receptions. Um, by each position. And what a surprise that number one for running backs is David Johnson. Or did you expect less? 80, 80 catches in 16 games. But the next guy you read, this is quite, this is even more interesting. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell has 75 receptions in 13 games. In 13 games. I don't know how that's possible, honestly. 13 games. Yeah, it was fun to watch. And especially because I had both of them on one team. So it was just fantastic when they hit their stride at the end of the year. And that week's like 12, 13, 14, 15. Oh, man. My team was just incredible. You didn't even need anyone else. <laughs> I didn't. And I really did. Um, and then followed them up was James White, Blau Powell, and Devonta Freeman. Some I, I don't see any surprises in that whatsoever. I think all all five of them really could repeat as as leading reception go, uh, getters by 
the running back position again this year. I have Bilal getting 69 catches this year. That's that's so many. I know. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so most receptions by wide receiver. Let's slide through these a little bit because there's so much to cover. Uh, most receptions by wide receiver. Larry Fitzgerald, the, uh, one of the most consistent wide receivers probably of all time. Larry Fitzgerald. Antonio Brown. Of course. OD, OTB, Odell Beckham finished in third. Julian Edelman and then Jordy Nelson uh, rounded out the top five. I think of none the, of those are really surprises, really. Out of those three, Larry, Antonio, and ODB were the only three over 100. Yep. That's 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 weird because a few years ago, there was two receivers with like 130 yards. I mean, 130 receptions. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown and Julio Jones both had 130-plus receptions two years ago. I mean, I hope it happens. I hope it happens again. Yeah, it's good for the league in terms of that. But I mean, like I said, the running game, running, if running backs are becoming more and more important, <laughs> you're not going to see 125 receptions again, really. True. Uh, most receptions by a tight end. Surprise one. Unfortunately, he had a, suffered another terrible hip injury. It was Dennis Pitta? Uh, he led the league in he led the league for tight ends and receptions. Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph, Greg Olson, and Zach Ertz round out the top five. No surprises really there for me. Um, Zach Ertz gets more this. Actually, I have him getting less. I think he's going to get less, especially because they brought in Alshon. They brought in Torrey Smith. I mean, Garrett Blunt for the goal like, line work. Yeah, so I just don't see a lot of him this year. I think he's a very good tight end, and I think I have him as well in my top ten. But they I could just put him in the slot. Maybe they put him is, in the slot. He definitely can put him in the slot. I think he's a good tight end, and I think if he stays healthy, I think he could have another good year. I hope he does. He's in my team. Uh, so most well, now we're gonna get into most tight ends during this last season by a running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, once again, number one, David Johnson. Oh, you said most tight ends by a by a. Oh my god, I am. Back. What is wrong with me tonight? It's all right, man. You got Jimmy Walker on the brain. It's all cool. <laughs> most total touchdowns by a RB. Yeah, most total touchdowns by a running back. Uh, David Johnson just had another top category. I mean, he's just what? Like, can we can we get him out of? This is it possible to get him out of the top five of anything? He goes more than twenty this year. That's really bold. That's a bold 20. move. That's a bold move, Cotton. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Legarrette Blunt sh- eighteen. I sure do like Bumpkin. <laughs> uh, Legarrette Blunt at eighteen, which was just all on the ground. Ridiculous amount. They were all probably within the all ten yard line too. Yep. Um, Ezekiel Elliott at sixteen, Lashawn McCoy with fourteen, and Devonta Freeman with thirteen. So there's a lot of touchdowns by running backs. A lot. They're all going to stay up there except for LeGarrette. I think McCoy exceeds 14, personally. Yes. I think with the loss of Gillisley, I really think that McCoy could see probably in that 15 to 17 range, without a doubt. Uh, uh, Most total touchdowns by a wide receiver. Jordy Nelson, coming back strong with 14, led the league uh, by a wide receiver. Mike Evans had 12. And that just shows you how how important touchdowns are because in, in most leagues, Jordy Nelson and Mike Evans finished as one and two. So you'd see that the two people who led the league in touchdowns by wide receiver also were number one and two in points. Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams both finished with 12, and then Odell Beckham finished with 10. So you see the, the touchdown numbers for wide receivers kind of coming down. And you see, like, look at the look at the top five. Four of those five guys are, are in the top five finishing fantasy points. Yeah. Except for Devonta Adams. Yeah, except for Devonta Adams. Who, mind you, still had a very, very good he year. He still finished, I believe, as a wide receiver one. He was the number 12 wide receiver, I believe. So it's, yeah. That, that, I don't want to say they're touchdown dependent because they're not. They still put up a ton of receptions and yards. But if you if you have a lot of touchdowns, you're more likely to finish in the top five, which is pretty understandable. 
Um, and then most total touchdowns by a tight end. This one, this one was more interesting to me because the top two wouldn't have been picks for the beginning of the year, and that's Cam Brait. Cameron Brait finished uh, tied for first with Hunter Henry for the most touchdowns by a tight end. They had eight. No one really saw that coming. But two young guys, two young guys who and Cam Brait. Some people are down on. I am not. Just because mm-hmm. they drafted OJ Howard does not mean that Cameron Brait is not going to Agreed. be an important part in that offense. I am a big fan of James Winston, and, and James Winston's a big fan of Cameron Brait too. So I really think he could have another very good year, um, and you can get him later on because he is dropping based on O.J. Howard. And then to round out the top, uh, this one actually has the top six because there were um, four tight ends to finish with seven touchdowns. Uh, That was Kyle Rudolph, Delaney Walker, Martellus Bennett, and Antonio Gates. So think about that. (laughs) The Chargers had 15 total touchdowns from their tight ends. That's a lot. That's That's an incredible amount. I mean, so... If, say, they get 13 from their tight ends this year and Antonio Gates' role kind of diminishes a little bit more, Hunter Henry could have 10-plus touchdowns. Two of these guys are not going to be on this list this year. I don't think... Uh, Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett and I, and Antonio Gates. I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, I agree. I, but I think the other three definitely could be. Other three are... Free. Yeah, yeah. Cameron Brait? Maybe? Yeah. Oh, I, I think that Jameis Winston's in touchdowns increase... A few this year, and I think Cam Brait could put up even with the additions of Deshaun Jackson and OJ Howard. I really think that uh, Cam Brait could put up some points. All right, then the most touchdowns by a quarterback. None of these are surprises whatsoever. I don't um, even most, think we need to discuss it. Yeah, most touchdowns <laughs> by a quarterback. Most touchdowns by a quarterback were Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, and Andrew Luck. They all round out the top five. All pretty explanatory um and then the biggest games i thought this was fun to do i looked into the biggest games during the oh, season oh god look who at scored these. the most points this is based on ppr uh, formats and it was the biggest games of the year did you find uh, out did you find out if like so all right tell your top five and then i'll ask okay so it's actually six because they six. did tie okay so okay. number one was left bell left bell had that game 51 points it was incredible it was i believe week 16 15 somewhere in there he had an unbelievable uh three touchdown game it was incredible um, Julio Jones, when he put up 300 receiving yards, 48 points. Adam they, Thielen. That cornerback got cut after that game. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Adam, sadly, sadly Adam he Thielen got cut. Three. Adam Thielen is number three, and that one makes me sad to say because, once again, I did not start Adam Thielen that week and lost out on two. from our previous episode. Yes, one of... and I lost out on $250,000 by not starting Adam Thielen, so. That's a lot please of Hershey start, kisses. Please start him. Um. Aaron Rodgers had a 44-point week. Big Ben had a 44-point week. And and the last three are quarterbacks. It's Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, and Derek Carr all had 44-point weeks. More likely for a quarterback to put up those numbers than it is any other position. So that's really not as surprising. I wouldn't be surprised if if those three QBs did it again this year. Oh, yeah. Those would be the three I think could do it. Big Ben is the most likely, actually. Big Ben is the most likely to have those big games. Well, now that they have a Martavius Bryant pack. Right. True. And then the other last two things we want to uh, talk about before we close out is just two facts. And the one we already just discussed, and Julio Jones having a 300-yard game. This doesn't happen literally ever. Um, 300-yard games by wide receiver are super hard to come by. So that was just a thing we wanted to focus on because – you don't I think just, he got 60 yeah. points in my in my in one of my leagues. Over 60 points, like just yeah. for like a standard. Right, I'm sure because some leagues have those like bonuses if you get over a certain threshold. But yeah, so that's what we wanted. To, that's one of the points we wanted to just stress again is that this year we saw a 300-yard uh, receiving game by Julio Jones, and while we might never see that again, it was kind of cool to watch. Uh, that and, was. 
And then our last point, which will sum up the entire year, is David Johnson. As if we didn't talk about him enough, let's finish on him. David Johnson had five weeks as the number one running back. Not as a top top 12 running back. He didn't finish as a top 12 running back five times. He finished as the number one running back five times. That that's not something that you see very often, unless you're eight, you know, unless you're either Adrian Peterson in his prime or Ladainian like Tomlinson. Third of the season, the or Ladainian Tomlinson in his prime. Yeah, you don't yeah. see that often. So I think that David Johnson has that ability yet again. Um, I really think he has the chance to not only win the MVP, but he has a chance to carry that team completely. Carson Palmer's on his last legs. Larry Fitzgerald on his last legs. A defense that kind of struggled last year. I think David Johnson carries that team again and. While we're not making predictions now, and there's no reason to make predictions now, it's just important to look at our history, look at what happened last year to better suit us and to better kind of prepare us for the season ahead. David Johnson carries that team for the next, like, five to ten years. Oh, easily. He's he's a stalwart in that offense, and I just I don't see any reason why he should not be drafted number one. Not in the first round, number one. Number one. Every, every first time. pick. Every single thing, every single time. And I, I don't offer those things very often, you know, very often. I'm not going to tell people, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. No, you need to draft David Johnson number one in every draft. Unless I, it's a, I, unless it's a 2QB league, you need to draft David Johnson one every time. Then if, if it's a 2QB league, I would be okay with Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady at one. I wouldn't be happy, but I'd be, David Johnson should be number one. So that's my, never, my parting shots. I never advice like that. Yeah. Because I, I don't know. Yeah. So those are my parting shots. Um, for myself and Anthony, we want to thank you guys again for joining us for this Zeitgeist year interview from 2016. What a year! Our, yeah, what a great year it was. We're hoping, for, we're hoping for another great year in 2017, right? Yes, we are. All right. So from both of us, uh, we thank you for listening, and this is the Fantasy Fam signing off. Yeah.